It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 707 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener here to help you be more successful. And if you want to be more successful, of course, asking questions on the radio is fine. But if you want to see me in person, I will be there at the brand spanking new, beautiful Milton Pike Nursery this afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m. Mickey Gasway is going to be there, too, so you know you'll get good information from her. But if you want to ask specific garden questions, if you have some design questions you want to ask Mickey, I'm terrible with design, but Mickey is great with suggestions on plants you can do here and do maybe a bed there and the texture of this there and all the things that Mickey is great at. And I will try to identify your weeds and your bugs and tell you how to control them. That's 2 o'clock this afternoon, the Milton Pike Nursery. I think they have other events happening there as well. Plus, all Pike Nurseries have their big clear-out sale this weekend because the Christmas trees are coming. So every year in November, there's a big clear-out sale to get as many plants away from the nursery as they can to have room for the, for the trees because Pike is one of the few places where they hang the trees indoors. So you can see the trees. They're already hung from the, from the rafters of the greenhouse. So you can see the trees, how big they are, if they have any bare spots and things like that. So you got to get the plants out. Today is the big sale, 20 30% off of lots and lots of plants. You can check with your local Pike Nursery Find the details about that. Cliff, in Conyers, Georgia, out in Rockdale County. Hey, Cliff, good morning. Hey, Dr. Walter. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, Cliff, what's up? All right, well, we've got a garden patch out back. Uh, shrank it down over the years because it's getting a little much for us, but we still managed to lay off about 12 or 14 50-foot rows, so it's still yeah. pretty good vegetable yeah, garden. Sure is. Uh, We've had great years. We've had fantastic years, kind of so-so years, but the past two years have been the, okay, so why did we do this sort of years? <laughs> All right. uh, just, just very, very lack of productivity. Uh, now, we've, we've sent the soil off to be, to be tested and thought we put the fertilizer out as recommended, but it just really has not done well. And we, my wife is convinced that we need to amend the soil with mm-hmm. uh, some organic material. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, check some local uh, bulk uh, bulk uh, garden material sort of places like yeah. a place up on Beaufort Highway and yeah, such, sure, and uh, sure. they'll sell you a uh, a half yard scoop of uh, mushroom compost sure. for uh, about fifteen bucks, and I guess that sounds okay. But um, yeah. not sure how deep you need to put it on the garden before you turn it down, and that could run into some real bucks. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder about the uh, the free uh, compost uh, mulch that they sell that sell the giveaway. At the Seminole landfill, wondered about uh, the quality of it. Is it is it a good thing to do? When do I put it down, and how much? Of course, there's a Seminole landfill in DeKalb County, Cliff. Are you a Rockdale yes, County resident or not? I am, but they I, but they charge you to dump, but the oh. but the mulch is free for everybody. It's okay. my understanding. I okay. could be wrong. Sometimes they check, sometimes they don't. Let's put it that way. Sometimes they do. There's another pile at Memorial Drive, and sometimes they check, and sometimes they don't check to see where you live. I would. It's worth your try to go and get it from the uh, Seminole Road landfill. It's closest to you, I guess. The yeah. quality is is as good as you would be able to make yourself, certainly. Probably better than you'd be able to make yourself. It has more variety of 
source material going into it. I've been down to the Seminole landfill when they those huge trucks came rolling in, and Cliff, there were enormous trucks full of limbs and leaves and grass clippings and things from all over DeKalb County. They pile everything up in great big windrows. They turn things over every week or two, I think it is. They keep them nice and wet during the summer when it's warm, and they don't let it go back out to put in those big piles that you can pick up from until it's pretty well broken down. Um, there's not, to my way of thinking, much chance of being contamination in there. I'm, here and there, of course, you're going to get a little motor oil, a little bit of antifreeze or something on leaves that are picked up. But in including that in this enormous volume of everything else that is uncontaminated, I just don't think there's much danger of being um, hurt by the little bit of contaminants that would be in that bunch of leaves and compost. And again, turning it over two or three times does make things d- dissipate. And I have used it before. One of the things, though, to think about, Cliff, is whether you need more organic matter or whether that would be just loading your garden up with um, things that absorb moisture so much that the garden soil becomes sort of soggy and does not dry out as quick as it should when it rains in the summertime. So you and the wife, you go out there and pick soil up, take a shovel full of soil up and just sort of smash it between your fingers and hand and make it into balls and see how fast it drains, see how close to muck and mud and silt it is and this is where the the art comes in gardening and sometimes determining what quality your soil is and whether it needs more sand or needs more organic matter or sometimes needs more clay and that's nothing that I can easily determine for you and the tests from the University of Georgia don't test for that either it's just sort of you looking at it saying yeah it drains really nicely quickly after a rain that's good if it has a good proportion of organic matter in it, it doesn't seem to be all clay or all sand, that's good. Maybe you don't need to add any of the DeKalb County compost. Okay. <laughs> mm, yeah, I haven't told yeah, you exactly a lot, a lot what to, figure, to do. Yeah, a lot to figure out there. Yeah. Um, yeah well, well, of course, like right now, it's a, it's, it's a mud pie after the past <laughs> couple of days. Yeah. Um, how, how, uh, how quickly drying out would you say is quick enough? Like, hey, you can walk on it. Um, in a day or two days, or it stays soggy for a week. That's too wet. Yeah, I mean, way what, too what would be your, your what would be your your judgment? There? The professionals do what's called a percolation test. A perk test huh. is pretty easy to do. You get a shovel and you go out and make a hole in the ground about eight inches deep. You fill it full of water once and let it drain out, and then you fill it full of water again and time how long it takes for the water to drain from a saturated hole. If it takes less than 30 minutes, it's pretty well drained. Less than 15 minutes, it's very well drained. Less than an hour, it takes up to an hour to drain. That's too, too, too soggy. You need to add something to make it drain faster. So to do a percolation test, again, you dig a hole, fill it with water one time, let it drain, fill it with water again, and then time it. And if it's well-drained soil, it should drain within 15 minutes, sometimes five minutes pretty easily. Okay, so uh, if it perks well, uh, maybe add some organic. If it doesn't perk well, I need to add sand. Yeah, you got okay. it. And the sand should be very gritty sand. They call it, there's a name for it, it's quarter, quarter ten, because of a tenth of an inch or a quarter of an inch is quarter ten sand. And granite dust is another name for relatively gritty, coarse sand. That's what you want, not play sand. Not play sand, okay. No. 
Um, and if I do add organic material, about how much do you recommend that, I mean, as far as like an inch, two inches over the whole thing? I mean, how, how much? <laughs> Don't ask me that, Cliff. It'll depend. <laughs> <laughs> you right. and the spouse are going to have to figure that out yourself. It may be that it only needs an inch. Anything less than an inch probably doesn't help you any. An inch to two inches is typical for unamended soil, three inches for really hard, packed clay. So somewhere between an inch and three inches. Okay. That's, that's All right. Well, uh, good information. And once it dries out a little bit, we'll be trying to perk test. Yeah, do that. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet, Cliff. Thanks for calling. Comes now, brother. Go in my line here. Brother Michael in Stone Mountain with a question about his pepper plants. Hey, Michael. Morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing? Doing all right. What's what's going on with your peppers? I visited a nephew, and their neighbor had a pepper plant that looked very interesting. Yeah. And I asked him what kind it was. Yeah. I don't know was the answer. <laughs> we just started. We just started from seed every year from the year before. And yeah. I said, "Well, I'll take some of those seeds." Okay. I've looked. I've looked it up online, and the closest thing I see is an Aurora pepper. All right. They're real neat. They start out purple, go to a tan, then to orange, and then to a bright red. Wow, nice. And they look like little Christmas light bulbs. Got it. Okay. My, my, one of my questions is, online, the picture has a light green leaf, and my leaves are purple. So can I assume hmm. I still have the same plant? I'm not a pepper expert, so my my feeling would be, yes, it's very close to the original plant. It might not be exactly the original plant because of the pollination and the number of times it's been passed down you know, from the original one. But my assumption is it would be pretty close, within 80% maybe of original. Okay. I don't have a way to contact these people. What I got in the mail when they sent me the seeds was yeah. look like dried-up pods or yeah. peppers, yeah. and the seeds just fell out. So how do I save these? Do I just pick some of the peppers off and... Let them sit on a paper towel and dry. Yeah, open it up so it dries faster inside. You want the seeds inside. And frankly, you can open it up and scrape the seeds out from the inside of the pepper pod and then let that dry on a piece of styrofoam plate. And the reason I say styrofoam plate, Michael, is because you put those seeds on a piece of paper towel. They'll stick to the paper towel, and it's really hard to get the darn things off. Same thing with tomato seeds. Oh. But if you put them on right. a little styrofoam plate, they come right off the styrofoam. So that's nice. A little tip there for you. But yeah, dry them um, for, I don't know, a week in the kitchen and then put them in an envelope with a marker on the outside that says, these are my pepper plants. Plant in late April, early May next year. And just keep them dry. Keep them dry and sort of cool in the wintertime. And they should come up pretty well for you next spring. Is there a way to make sure these are not ornamental and actually edible? The or the well, even uh, the even the aurora. ornamental ones are edible. The reason they say don't eat the ornamental ones is because they might have been sprayed at the nursery. But you've got several generations of pepper between you and the original one. Even if it was an ornamental pepper back then, it's perfectly edible now. Ah, okay, great. All right, thanks. All right, thanks for calling. Stay warm. Good question, Michael. Stay warm. It's great, great advice. Great idea. It's 718 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Hey, yeah, yeah. 
just play these songs so you can dance in the studio. That's why you choose these songs. That's why Jason chooses these songs so he can dance in the studio. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today will be sunny and breezy. High of 50, low of 34 overnight. A little chilly out there. Right now it's 36 degrees. Relatively warm. Sunday, more clouds, late night showers. High of 53, low of 41 tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Uh, Igor down in Stockbridge joins us. Hey, Igor, good morning. Igor, where are you? We'll put him back on hold. Walter. Yep, yep, there he is. Hey, Igor, good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? Hey, man, doing great. What you got? Good. Hey, I was listening about, uh, you talking about we in Cyprus and the Cryptomeria yeah. plans, and I have one of those that's enormous, and I want to take it and make, uh, I guess, offsprings or yeah. you know, clone it. Yeah. So what is the process for uh, that? How many do you plant? want? Do you just put it in water? How many uh, new ones do you want? Uh, I'm thinking about like 12 to 15, maybe more. That might make it worth your while. But remember that okay. time, 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 time is money. And the reason that we use a lot, the, a lot of Leland cypresses in the South is they are relatively easy to root. But mm -hmm. you root a cutting and it may take another three, four years before it's really saleable size in a nursery. So. If you make cuttings off of your Leland Cypress, it's not like you're going to be able to take a six-foot-long six, six limb and root that. No, you start with six-inch cuttings, just like a nursery does, and stick mm -hmm. it into a rooting medium, keep it warm, keep it sheltered, keep the light on it during the wintertime. And three years from now, you might have something close to a gallon-size uh, Leland Cypress that you could buy now for, you know, 10 bucks at a local nursery. Uh. So, you know, my... My thought, Igor, would be don't waste your time trying to root them. You may you know, lose them all, and then what do you got then? The deer might eat right. them all <laughs> if you have them outside. The deer might eat them. So it's probably more economical and more time-wise to, to just buy them. Buy a little one, buy one gallon, three gallons, something like that. They grow. You know how they grow. They grow like crazy. They're yep. fast growers. So you get so, a lot of time that you've been, um, you're paying the nursery to take their own risk, and you get a nice plant and plant it right, and it comes up really, really well for you. Okay, now one more question. Uh, you know they have the cones, the yeah. little seeds. Yeah. Uh, is there a germination process for that? Uh, no. Because um, I tried planting those, and I've had no success with anything coming because out. they are sterile, because they're sterile, because the Leland Cypress is actually a hybrid itself. And hybrid no, plants, for generally speaking... Yeah, cryptomeria, you can germinate a cryptomeria cone, yeah. Right, right. So this is what I'm, uh, I'm actually talking about cryptomeria. Okay. Uh, yes, so, cloning so, those, is it the same, the same process, so it's going to be not worth it? It's going to take some time. Okay. The cryptomeria, and, and see, the, my memory is it has to have a time of, of cool weather, cool, damp, moist, cool, moist soil. And then warm soil, and then another another period of cool and moist. I think because several stages of germination have to go on with the cryptomeria. My memory is it takes too long to really make that worth your while. Sort of the same situation as I did with the Leland Cypress. It's probably easier to go and buy one for ten or fifteen dollars, plant that. You know, you got a great tree. You don't have to worry with the risk of doing it yourself. Igor, I got to go, but thanks for the call at seven twenty-eight at News Talk WSB, and we'll be back after news. 
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.36 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you be successful in your landscape. I have found a new set of gardening rules. And let's see what is another gardening rule that we have. If you don't like a plant, dig it up, give it away. Life is too short for disappointments. That's a great philosophy. If you don't like a plant, dig it up, give it away. Life is too short. If you, want, if you want me to answer a question about which plants you should dig up and give away, give me a call, 404-872-0750. If you would like to win some tickets to hear the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, I happen to have a pair of tickets to give away. Ashley Frasca, think of a number between 2 and 7. To determine who wins a pair of tickets to see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra's The Ghosts of Christmas Eve, The Best of TSO, and more, Coming to an Infinite Energy Arena for two shows, Saturday, December 8th at 3 and 8. Check your calendar. Make sure you're eligible to go on December 8th, 3 and 8 p.m. We've got two tickets. Ashley, who should win? Caller me. Caller you. Yeah. No, okay. Caller Yeah, you got the Christmas party that day. You can't do that. Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. I do. Okay, I can't go. Caller okay. five. Call number five to our contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Please dial carefully. Tickets are on sale now at AXS.com. We go to the phones. Let's go back here to the phones. We've been waiting in line. Oh, long time. Ron in Decatur. Hey, Ron, good morning. Morning, Walter. How are you doing? Doing all right, Ron. What's up? Well, I got a problem about something digging near my foundation of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, here 33 years and never seen anything like it. Uh, it's uh, they throw dirt around several feet, uh, similar hmm. to a rabbit, but it, the hole is about two to four inches in the diameter. It doesn't seem big enough for a rabbit to get into. Right. Uh, so uh, it doesn't. I mean, I never seen a chipmunk or something like that do anything like yeah. this. And, I'm a bit puzzled about it. I, I don't want to get any foundation damage. When, when did you notice it, Ron? Did you did you see it like last week or last month or last summer? Or when did you see the whole? Uh, it's start? been going on for probably a month and a half, two months, probably. I guess. Huh. Have you tried just just covering up the holes and see if anything reopened the hole? Yeah, I, I have done that, and probably not as much as I should have, but. Uh, I've been trying to catch the thing. I mean, you know, get yeah. uh, see, get a look at it, see what it is. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm really puzzled. I've never seen it. Like I said, I've been here a long time. Yeah, foundation thing, so. digging could be a chipmunk, but mostly they're not under the foundation of houses. They might come a little bit underneath the driveway, sidewalk, someplace like that. But they'd rather, frankly, be underneath a shrub or in some place that they can sort of be out in the open, not close to the driveway where there's a lot of activity. So chipmunks well, really are the only thing I can think much of. around where yeah. these holes are. It's just kind of open spaces, and uh, sometimes there'll be one out in the yard, but uh, it's not usually close to the foundation. Ron, I think we're going to have to go with more information needed here. And your job this afternoon is to dig some dirt and fill up all the holes and pack it down real hard. And call me next Saturday. Thank you very much. Appreciate right. it. We'll start talking to you Saturday. We'll find out what it is. 
Don't know what it is. Could be most anything. We got Martha in Tacoa who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Martha, hey, good morning. Good morning. Come back to the phone, Martha. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? Okay. I bought that turf um, winterizing yeah. for my yacht lawn. Yeah. And uh, I forgot. I, I mean, I bought it and I put it away. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, it's too late. What kind of grass are you fertilizing? Oh, listen, I uh, really don't. Uh, well, it's <clears throat> I always it's fescue and it's um, uh, I think it's some Augustine. Hmm. Is it um, mostly green right now, Martha? It's green. It's mm. green, and it doesn't. Uh, most of the, the winter it stays green. Yeah. Okay. If most of the winter it stays green, then I'm going to say you have mostly fescue. Fescue. That's okay. be my guess. Is, is, is fescue the one that runs? I mean, has mm, the runner? Not, not much. Not fescue. It's not the thin bl- uh, blades. It's the wider blade. So centipede or St. Augustine are the only two real wide blade running grasses. So you got the choice yeah. between centipede and St. Augustine. I doubt you have St. Augustine in Tacoa. It's a little cold for it up there. Centipede yeah. is probable, possible, I guess. If it is centipede, St. Augustine, Bermuda, or zoysia, no, don't fertilize. Uh-huh. If it is fescue, which is green, same color green all winter long, then yes, uh-huh. do fertilize. Okay. So you got one okay. one chance to use the fertilizer is only if you have fescue. The rest of them doesn't make no. We don't put winterizer down after September usually. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I just you know I just want to know. I, yeah. I hate to. You like to know what you got, what you're supposed to do with it. But my guess is that it's fescue, and you can fertilize with that. But the rest of them, it's too late. They're going dormant. They don't need any fertilizer, so no need to. Put any fertilizer on them. Martha, thanks so much for calling. Got to go to another call here, like Mike in Marietta, who joins us. Hey, Michael, good morning. Yes, good morning, Walter. Hi. Uh, I got a quick question for you. I had a sprinkler system put in, and uh, took them about six weeks longer to get it done than anticipated. Uh, I overseed with fescue in the fall, Yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's a little late with this cold weather coming up. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seeded because I was waiting for the sprinkler system. Yeah. Has it got a prayer to come up now with this cold weather that we've got coming? You might get lucky if you have an irrigation system. It's going to be, I still think it's going to be a lot more um, inconsistent on different parts of the lawn depending on the soil texture and other stuff that we couldn't really figure out easily ourselves, but the grass will know what it's doing. So it'll be inconsistent coming up. It'll eventually all come up, yes, Mike. So you can plant the seed now, yes. Will it look great? It'll look sort of weird and tufty in November. By December, I would think it'd look pretty good. Okay, I'd well, that's that. better than the, the muddy place yeah, out there. Yeah, mud now. <laughs> nothing could be worse than that. So yeah, go ahead and plant it. And again, right, end well, of December, that's... I would think by the end of the December month, it should look pretty good. And there's... You know, don't water it so much that it gets soggy out there because cold, soggy soil is death to seed. They don't want to be in cold, soggy soil. Soil temperatures, on the other hand, are pretty high right now. They're still in the low 50s, I think. And fescue seed can germinate at 50 degrees, just slowly. Okay. All right. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That's a relief. I'll get that seed out there today. <laughs> yeah. Sooner rather than later, Mike. All right. Thanks very much. You have a good day and a good Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you, Mike. I do appreciate you the same. See you soon.
Who we got next in here? Linda is in Atlanta. She's got holes in the ground, too. Hey, Linda, good morning. Good morning. How do you get rid of moles in your garden? No, mash the, mash the holes, mash the tunnels, and don't try to worry about traps and poisons and grub control and millions of uh, the, the chewing gum. Clint, well, I couldn't believe Clint Waltz. Clint Waltz is a doctorate. He is a turf expert from Griffin, Georgia, and he came in here and told me that he thought chewing gum worked for mole control. And I said, Clint, you are nuts. It does not work for moles. But, you know, can't argue with somebody. He believed uh, juicy fruit chewing gum put into your mole holes would repel moles, which I do not believe has any chance of success. Linda, the best thing to do for moles is to go out there with your big tennis shoes on and just mash down the tunnels or hire a kid to do it. Mash the tunnels down, change the environment, say to the mole, I don't like you in my yard, and the mole goes to somebody else's yard. If it's in Tom's yard or Carol's yard or Walter's yard, you don't care anymore. Go to their yard. Okay, thanks. Mash them down. No poisons, no traps, no rotating windmills, no ground glass, no juicy fruit gum, no castor oil. Oh, Linda, I can think of a lot of things that people have told me work, and none of them seem to work at all. But well, mash them down. Why are they the there? Huh? Why are they there? Because you've got they... grubs and earthworms and things under the ground they like to eat. Oh, so I can kill insects and maybe they'll go away. I didn't say that. No, I did not say that. Because there are many insects in the ground that are not hurt by, well, I wouldn't say insects. There are many food sources, let's say, in the ground that are not hurt by insects. One of the food sources is earthworms and the insecticides, I should have said, the insecticides that we apply to the soil are tested to make sure they don't hurt earthworms. But that's a good food source for a mole. So if the grubs are all killed, then the mole says, great, I'll just dig a little bit more in Linda's yard and eat some more earthworms. Oh, Great no. idea. All right, thank you. Mash them down, Linda. You heard me. Mash them yes, down. Yes, I did. All right. <laughs> she did, but she didn't want to believe me. That's the problem. All right, let's go to the Phyllis. She's down in Hampton. Let's go real quickly here. Hey, Phyllis, good morning. Hey, 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 Precious, real, hey. real quick. Yes, ma'am. Do me a favor. Uh, put out a resource link on your website to uh, uh, your organic, uh, safe, Pesticides, yeah. herbicides that can people can use on their lawns. Oh, I've got one already, Phyllis. I've got a link that tells Everybody. you a bunch of uh, herbicides you can use on a lawn that are organic and considered safe for pets and perfectly well wonderful. To use. Because I, my one of my pets was killed, died yesterday oh. uh, from from toxicities. Uh, you know, won't go into a lot of detail, mm. but um, uh, you know, people who do have pets. Uh, and particularly cats who tend to roam. Dogs mm -hmm. you can rein in and get inside, but cats are a little different. Um, but you know, people need to be aware. And you know, if if they have pets, and it's and I've lost two uh, as a result of this in the last. Well, remember, Phyllis, that most veterinarians say that the research does not show that pets. If you follow the label directions, that research does not show pets being harmed by exposure to lawn. Insecticides, herbicides, pesticides in general, because generally speaking, the, the rules say you let the let the product dry on the grass and then it is not rubbed off to any ex appreciable extent onto the fur, the paws, the other parts of the animal. 
So generally speaking, there's not much danger from using these chemicals on lawns, according to science and research. On the other hand, you don't have to use herbicides on your lawn if you don't want to, or you can use organic ones. And I mentioned that I have a list, Phyllis, online on my website, WalterReeves.com. If you'll type the word, let's see how to get there. Organic. I think organic is, is good enough. Just put the word organic in the search line. It will take you to the page. I have a bunch of organic weed control and insect control products that you can use that do not involve using the what we would call synthetic insecticides or synthetic herbicides on your lawn. They're easily available online. Many of them not commonly available at nurseries, but you can find them online and certainly use them. Use the ones that work and see if that works for you. It's 747. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news or after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. When you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, and the whole world smiles with you. And when you're laughing, when you're laughing, oh, you're laughing, oh, you're laughing, when the sun comes shining through, shining through. when you're crying, when you're crying, you bring on the rain. I would say every Saturday morning we're more smiling than we are crying in this studio. We have a great time together, Ashley Craftsman, Jason Byers, and myself. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, sunny, breezy, high of 50, low of 34. Sunday, more clouds, late night showers, high of 53, low of 41. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We've got uh, do, 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 Linda in Jackson County. Hey, Linda, good morning. Well, good morning. Good morning. What's Earlier, up? you were talking about a, um, a perk the test where yeah. you put the water and it drains. Yeah. A perk test. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. Okay. Now, I'm trying to grow a cactus. Okay. And I've had it for about a couple of years, and it has gotten up almost head high. One of those agave americana, those beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's in a great big bucket. Well, not a bucket. Those great big black pots. Okay. Might be anywhere up to 50 gallon. I don't know. So what's your question? I'm wondering, since when I started watering it, I didn't notice, but it went through fairly easily, but now it just goes through it. I mean, it's it's probably less than two minutes for it to get, I think that's get good. through the whole thing. That's, that's so good... am I going to have to transplant that thing? No, that sounds a... good to me. It sounds like a great fast percolating, fast draining soil. If it just takes a little bit for the soil to, or for the water to go from the top of the soil down to the bottom and through the drain, that sounds good to me, Linda. Well, I was thinking that maybe that you know how the roots can grow and yeah. the water follows the roots, but yeah. it doesn't really get the soil wet. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's so big and. So old that Possibly. it's not going to get... If you let it dry out some between waterings, the, the soil shrinks away from the inside of the pot and sometimes runs down the inside of the pot and out the bottom, too. So in that case, you water real slowly using a 
gosh, what I do sometimes is get a two-liter soft drink bottle and fill it full of water and put a nail hole in the bottom and just set it on top of the soil that I want to get rehydrated slowly and not, not short-circuit down the sides of the pot. As it drip, 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 drips inside the soil, that two-liter bottle, then it makes the soil swell up and fill the pot completely so the water can't short-circuit to the bottom. Um, but if you another thing to do, Linda, would be take a little screwdriver and jab it into the soil around the agave base as close as you can without getting stuck, and you dra- you put holes into the soil so the water goes into those holes, and again, not around the sides if you have any any concern about that. But well, if the water is going through the soil and going out the bottom within two minutes, I think that's fine for an agave. Okay, now if you take your screwdriver and you're stabbing it and you're hitting the big roots, is yeah. that going to put don't damage and disease? Yeah, but don't do it hard. Do a little a soft stab is what I think you need there. A little soft stab just to find out where the roots are and then just you know put holes in the soil so the water goes down and in and through the soil and not around the sides of the pot. I got to go, Linda. Thanks so much for the call at 758 at News Talk WSB. More lawn and garden after news.